Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Remote Controlled, Varieties TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with John Bernthal about his new Netflix series, The Punisher. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum with Variety. And I'm Daniel Holloway with Variety. And it's our pleasure to welcome John Bernthal. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us. Right on. So congratulations on The Punisher. Thank you. Thank you. Take us back to the beginning. What made you sign on for the part? Uh, listen, I, you, you know, I was um, it, fully candid. <laughs> uh, you, know, I, you know, being part of sort of a, a superhero franchise was not something kind of that, that I had a uh, real ambition towards or something that was even really on my radar or, or, or much interest in. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the people that I really admire and, uh, you know, the actors that I really look up to sort of have avoided that kind of whole thing, to be completely honest. Um, you know, when the project became, um, when it came to my attention, I was in Ireland, in Western Ireland, in the middle of nowhere. And I was doing, um, a movie that, um, W- w- was about sort of monks in, in 12th century Ireland and I was playing a mute and, uh, <laughs> uh you know, um, me sort of, uh, the only way I kind of knew how to do that was to sort of take a vow of silence, both on set and, and off, which was, uh, I don't know, quite, quite an acting exercise. It, 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 um, I was the only American in the movie and, uh, we were living near nothing, 30 miles from any town, no internet. Um, so we all had our meals together. We were sleeping under the same roof. So not only was I silent all day on, on set, but I'd come home and we would all be at dinner and it's like, there's the American douchebag actor who's <laughs> still not saying anything. And I needed to write down my dinner order. And after a while, um, this will come to Punisher eventually, but after a while, I think it was, we're with you. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that it was uh, really becoming a detriment to the the process of the movie staying silent. You know, when you you play a character that has no words but is a lead of the film, you have to develop your own language, and that comes through gesture and and and, and through looks and and reactions. And because of this acting exercise that I was sort of engaging on, uh, I, I I sort of got rid of any ability to communicate with the director to say, hey, this is what I'm doing here, and 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 um, it was really sort of messing up. And the entire cast agreed that they liked me a lot better when I was silent <laughs> once I started speaking. But right about that time is when Punisher kind of came into um, to my attention. And um, it wasn't, you know, I, I, I didn't know Daredevil at that point. It was during Tom Holland's sort of repeated auditions for, for Spider-Man, um, a bunch of which, uh, you know, I was sort of involved in filming or reading off, off camera for him. And, uh, you know, they wanted to see a tape and they sort of schooled me on who the Punisher was and, 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 and who Frank Castle was more importantly. And, and, uh, 
you know, that he had no superheroes. He didn't have a mask. You know, he was really just this uh, sort of grieving uh, a father and husband who was reeling from this unbelievably traumatic event. And there was something about that that um, scared the you know what out of me and 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 also um you, you know left me intrigued and uh yeah we he and i made an audition tape together and um and that was that was it and i think i think somewhere in there too watching daredevil and seeing the liberty and the time that charlie cox was given and there's a in the first episode he's he delivers this monologue and it's uh it's just there's so much patience and and you don't see that much on tv especially in that genre when they're sort of willing and um you know they 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 give the they give the performance time to breathe and you get to know who this guy really is and then i saw vince d'onofrio do his thing and i said okay this is a world i want to play in this is this is a world where they're making bold choices they're allowing the character to turn their back on the audience and and um they're, they're throwing likability and accessibility out of the window and 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 uh really really going for something i i really dug that it was cinematic and i thought that uh, it was it, it could be a good opportunity with this with this character did you always know it was going to be a standalone series also? No, no. I mean, when we came out, it was just going to be a part of Daredevil. I mean, they told me, you know, if, if we were to continue, we would go down that road. Um, but, you know, to me, I was really interested um, in the beginning that, you know, you know, I knew it was going to be quite a bit. Of, it was going to be an origins tale. And that was something, you know, as a, as a father and a husband myself, it's it's just it's something again i always try to gravitate towards stuff that scares me and and um that'll take me to a place that that um you know i i if there's fear um and uh, fear mixed with excitement but first and foremost fear it's always a road that i want to go down and 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 to me you know i i i love my, my my wife and my kids more than myself i willingly give my life for them and i think until you understand love like that can you begin to understand what it would be like to lose it and just that kernel of an idea um, it scared me, and so I, I uh, it, it was something that I could empathize with and relate to, and so it was it was definitely a road I thought I should follow. For, for folks listening who don't know the story, and I've, I've been reading Punisher comics since I was way too young to be reading Punisher Uh-oh. comics, but um, <laughs> do we have to talk to your parents? Yeah, <laughs> they might they might need a talking to. But um, but can you tell us like what Frank's backstory is? Yeah, well, look, I mean, there's been different iterations, you, you know, of like where he was, and but 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 the basic story, and you know, our story is that. Um, he's a father and a husband, and um, he's a, a he's in Marine Recon. He's a he's a soldier and a specialized soldier at that. And he's uh, come back from um, he's come back from uh, a, a particularly um, violent uh, tour. And uh, when he comes back, he um, he has a family tradition with his wife and his kids that uh, they go to a carousel and they ride the carousel and then they have a big picnic. And on that day, there happened to be a massive gang shootout at, at, at the carousel at Central Park uh, between these different gang factions. And um, in the shootout, his wife and his kids all, all get murdered. And, um, you know, his uh, the way that in which he deals with that then is, uh, you know, I think eventually it evolves into this character, the Punisher, who wants to sort of rid Hell's Kitchen and rid the world of the criminal element. But, you know, the, the, the guy that I was interested in playing was... Uh, you know the Frank Castle who's reeling from this unbelievably traumatic event, and uh, all he wants to do is go and kill every single person who had any part in his family's death. And um, you know, I think that um, 
Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I think that's that, that's a basic story. I think if you take it a step further, I think that the character and, and, and through the comics, something that I get very much from the comics is this this there's a, there, there's a kernel of the character that feels unbelievably responsible for this and feels that you know who who is the real me? You know, was he more comfortable and, and did he find more peace? sort of neck deep in, in, in blood and guts over in war? Or, or was he more at peace being a father in the suburbs and a husband in the suburbs? And uh, and there's this sort of very dark thought that, that I think cripples him and, and, and drives him uh, that – you know, is this the real me? Is this is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And and and, and am I using my family's death as an excuse? And um, it's uh, it's 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 quite dark, and it's uh, um, it's uh, it's 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 a world that scares me. But it's it's um, it's an honor to play him. Do you look at him differently going into you know in the series that you're do- doing him in his own series? He's going to be. Uh, the hero of this story whereas in the season of daredevil that you did um you know there's an element of frank being the heavy right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i'm wary of that i'm really wary of that that concerns me and it, it it worries me to be honest you know i think you know to me i think um what i love about netflix and 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 um you, you know sort of streaming services what i love about that content delivery system is you can make a 13 hour movie and, and, and you can deliver this material, um, and, and the audience can, can view on their own timetable. And so I feel like you can sort of eliminate the tropes of, uh, of conventional television where you're sort of the last 10 minutes of every episode, you're preparing them for next week. And the first 10 minutes, you're telling them where you're at. You can just get rid of all that. And I think with that, as far as character work, I think what that allows you to do is it allows you to really turn your back on the audience. It allows when you're brutal to be fully brutal. When you're disgusting, be fully disgusting. When you're weak, be weak. And um, you don't have to worry about, you, you, you don't have to operate in this sort of, um, sort of half-assed gray area where where he's doing a bad thing, but you know it's really for a good cause. Just do the bad thing. And I feel like that's what human behavior is. And then know that two, three, four episodes down the road, you have this chance to empathize with the character and show why he's doing what he's doing or she's doing what she's doing. But you know you have the knowledge that you're not waiting four weeks for that information. So I think you can be a little bit more bold and I think you can fully turn your back on the audience. That excites me. I think as far as a standalone series... To me, that's the worry. I, 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 I'm not interested in making him likable. I'm not interested in, in making him, you know, relatable. You know, I, I, I think that I, I think that I have to empathize with him. I have to know where he's coming from. But then you have to be bold with his actions. And I think if there is any sort of, um, I think if there's any sort of back and forth between me and the powers that be on my show, I think that's where that that's where sort of the 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 the, the crux of any argument lay, you know, uh, uh, in in saying, hey, let's stay bold. I think that, you know, the members of the military and law enforcement, the comic book audience and people like yourself that have known this character for so long, I think that's really what they want to see. They, they, they want to see something that's 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 true to form. And, and he's a guy who's living in darkness and, and, and this is his mission and he's going forward. He, he is he is not trying to win people over, you know. So who won the argument? Sounds like you did. <laughs> uh, look, I think, you, you, you know, it's a, it's a process. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you know, I, the one thing I can promise you is I fight like hell. You know, I, I, I don't give up and, and, and uh, it's impossible to win every battle, you know, and and, uh, and look, and, and I think, it, you know, I, you also can be proven wrong. And I think that's the great thing 
about television and great thing about what we do in general. It's collaborative and you're getting people together and, and uh, you know, the best idea has to win. You know, that just has to win. But you got to fight for your idea, you know. How do you think comic book fans like Dan are going <laughs> to respond to this? I don't know. I, ho- I, 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 I so, I mean, I'm like, to be completely honest, I'm like, I, I, I become plagued with worry about it. <laughs> you know, I, I really want them... Look, there's something about the, the the act of reading a comic, right? I mean, when you think about it, you read these words and you look at these illustrations, right? But the audience has to infuse and fill all the breaks between these captions with their own imagination. So these characters, they exist in the hearts and the minds of the audience. There's a real sense of ownership there. It's not spoon-fed. It's not, you've got to fill in so many of the blanks when you're dealing with with comic book characters and especially comic book characters that have been around for so much and appeal to sort of uh, a certain kind of person and I'm not necessarily lumping you in there but I think it's an honor I love Punisher fans but I think that uh, you have to honor that sense of ownership and I think that um, you don't want to get it wrong I think there are rules and I think uh I, I think you have to follow. Ultimately, you know, I've got to make this character my own and I've got to work with the writers and, 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 and we've got to collaborate. We've got to go back and forth. But I, I've got to bring some sort of truth to that that's mine to the character. But I, I really don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to do wrong by them. I don't want to do wrong by the members of the military that wear the, the Punisher skull on their body armor people have fought for this country with that on their armor they've died for this country with that on their armor and uh, that's something i take enormously seriously and and i i don't want to just sort of take liberties and and uh i i i don't want to betray that in any way there's because of that darkness that you're talking about that's in the character do you feel like the people are very used to the defenders corner of the marvel universe looking a certain way Uh, are their expectations going to have to shift just in terms of even the level of violence they're going to see in the show. I hope so. I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, I I, I I I want this to to be different. He is different. There's no superpowers. You know, there's no n- nobody, no nobody or no thing is flying. You know what I mean? Like there's there's uh, no capes. There's no masks. You know, that's that's just not what this is. Um, and uh, to me, uh, that's that's what attracts me to it. To be completely honest. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, how much did you have to prepare to be to go from playing a, a mute monk to playing an, essentially an action hero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, you you want them to be, you know, they're all they're all so different, you know, and 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 for me, you know, preparation is is is, is key, and 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 training is is key, and and I think you know in this business and and in this art, there's there's so much that we can't. There's so much that we have to just trust and leave up to chance and hope that the moment's with us, hope that there's a connection, hope that there's a connection to the people that we're working with, hope that there's a real sort of synchronism, that, 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 that everything's working between between crew and director and, and actors. And, and there's so much that's sort of left for chance. Um, you've got to dot all your I's and cross all your T's as far as preparation. So whether it's weapons, whether it's fighting, whether it's reading the comic books, whether it's really taking as deep a dive into the character in 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 the time that's not between action and cut i think only if you do that fully can you walk into the situation so when that camera's rolling you're not all of a sudden putting on a voice putting on a mask and and you, you know you you got to kind of be there that's how i work and i don't judge anybody for the way they work perhaps if i was a better actor i could sort of uh be you know a, 
in the nightclubs all day or <laughs> night or and and eating crappy food and talking on my phone and then say oh you need me on set let's go it's just that's not really how i roll yeah did you spend time talking to veterans talking yeah. to people who had been in combat what did sure. you learn from that oh man it's 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 uh i mean there's there, there's so much i mean I, I, i'll tell you I love doing this. I love I love my job, just being an actor. I'm enormously grateful for it, and I feel like I'm blessed. I, I'm, I, I have a, a wife who I love. I have kids who I love. I have this life that's been afforded to me through doing the thing that I love more than anything else in the world. And, and uh, I think the greatest thing that has happened to me since becoming a professional actor, the thing about it I like most, is that somehow, some way, we are able to meet these people, uh, whether they're technical advisors or whether they're just people who are willing to sort of open up, but people who have actually been through the things that we're trying to portray on screen. And when somebody opens up to you, it, it's such an enormous gift that I cherish. I mean, I, I'm talking about the last generation of World War II vets who opened up when we did Fury and really talked about what it was like to be on a tank in that war and just go through hell not knowing when you're going to explode at any second and what it was like to see your friends die in front of you and 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 uh, the navy seals that 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 trained us on that movie and they they for me those people they become some of my closest friends i mean kevin vance was the uh navy seal i mean he's he's just an american hero he he trained us all on fury he continues to work with brad pitt and david ayer and and um i i consider him one of the people i'm i'm closest to and uh you know the the fact that he's opened up to me and, and, and his friends have opened up to me and shared with me the things that they've shared, not only shape my character, but they shape who I am as a man and, and, and my perspective on, 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 on raising kids and, 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 and on what it means to uh, be an American and what it means to be a human being. And, and um, uh, I'm so grateful for that. Did you know the arc of the whole series when you signed on? Did you know where it was going to go? No, no, no. I mean, uh, you you mean for Daredevil or for or for Punisher? Well, for Punisher, yeah. I mean, it, it w no, I did not. I did not. I mean, look, Marvel sort of notoriously it's like keeps it close to the vest, you know. And um, and 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 look, you know, um, yeah, you, you, you have to accept the world you're in and 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 who you're working with. That's part of it. I mean, <clears throat> look, I'm. I, I, I love making films. I love doing television. Um, one of the things that I cherish or, 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 or covet in a project more than anything else is is transparency and, and collaboration and, and not holding anything back and everybody knowing exactly where we're going so we can all work together. That's just not how those guys are. And so you have to... You have to recalibrate, and you have to make that work to your advantage uh, to, to 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 whatever extent you can. And um, so, uh, you know, the short answer is no. I had no idea, and and, and that's kind of how they like it. That's their model, and uh, you've got to make that work for you. What are some of the things that you did to <clears throat> to try to flip that and make it work for you? So, so in other words, instead of look, what you can't do. What you can't do is you can't place buoys in your performance, right? Like you can't say, okay, I know I'm getting here, so here's a great opportunity to get to here. Take the audience this way because I know I'm getting there, right? But when you really look at the character of Frank and when you really look like – his calculations and, and 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 his planning it's purely it's purely mission based and tactical he's not trying to arrive anywhere the guy's not looking for peace he's not looking to you know rid the the the, the criminal element from hell's kitchen he's literally dealing with he, he he's dealing with this pain and the only way he knows how to quiet that pain 
is to watch somebody take their last breath who is involved in their family's death. And that's just a temporary fix. He knows it's temporary. He hates himself for it. And he knows that that's the case. But, but you know, that is the case. And it's not about an end game with him. There is no end game. And, and um, so it's a purely sort of a case by case, person by person, tactical, militaristic kind of uh, approach, which I just have to say, okay, I'm getting script by script. I'll take it by this script. I'll take it moment to moment. And I think that there's something that you can gain from that. I, I remember when I worked with David Simon uh, on Show Me a Hero. He told me about how he was working with this actor who knew he was going to die in a couple episodes, and the actor had to eat a Ritz cracker. Mm-hmm. And 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 David Simon went up to the, the 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 actor and said, "Hey, man, like you're really like doing something weird with that cracker. Like I don't know what it is, but it's really bugging me." And the guy said, "Well, listen, man, this is probably the last Ritz cracker I'm ever going to eat. You know, because I'm dying." And you know, that's the that's the danger of that. You know, it's 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 uh, in life we don't know what's coming down the road. And look, we're storytellers. I would, in full transparency, I would opt for the latter rather than the former. But that's 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 sort of uh, you know that's where we're at. You know what I mean? And 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 you got to make it work. <clears throat> this season, what is um, what's Frank's path like from where we find him at the beginning of the se- season to where he is at uh, once we're through those? Well, the season episodes. picks up, uh, y- you know, nine months kind of roughly after Daredevil season two ends. And I think that, you know, in the beginning, you're going to see him sort of um, silent, meditative. Uh, he's 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 he's. he's um, I think the question that Steve Lightfoot, the showrunner, wanted to raise was, you know, what do you do when the mission's over? So the idea is he's pretty much taken care of anybody who was involved and he's sort of just trying to figure out how to go on from from there. And and I think oftentimes, and this is something that I think comes right from a lot of the vets that I've spoken to and I've read about, I think there's something that when the mission's over, that's when the thoughts start to paralyze you and cripple you and haunt the shit out of you. You know, when you have a mission, you have a mission, you're going forward, but it's in the quiet. You know, that's when it all starts to come. And I think that that's sort of what he wants to touch upon, that now he's sort of done, he's finished, so what happens next? And that starts terrifying the shit out of him, and that starts really um, really paralyzing him. And 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 uh, and, and um, then um, he's he's sort of sucked back in and there's there's somebody else involved. There's another character involved who is sort of going through the same place and they find a common enemy. And then through further revelation, he finds out that not only do they have this common enemy, but this common enemy was also quite responsible for his family's death and it just brought brings him in. Uh, you, 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 you know, uh, to, to a much higher degree and, and with more vigor and, and hatred. Uh, um, that being said, I think that's sort of the main line of the season. I think the other part that really interests me is with people and with characters who put so much time into kind of building a wall around their heart and saying that they are no longer interested in or seeking any sort of human interaction Um and, and they, they they put so much effort in, in in isolation and blocking out and and because they know to take anything in is is a vulnerability it could it could it could not only hurt them but um it 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 it, it makes them it makes them weaker but it's it's also um it's just something that they it's it's just something that they absolutely don't want don't need and makes them you know again more vulnerable I think when when you have a character who works to put up these walls eventually 
we are all human and eventually we do make connections and, and there are chinks in that armor, there are cracks in that wall and, and it will get through. And I'm always interested in people who go to such a far effort to, to keep people away, but people will ultimately always sort of break through and you will start caring about people. And it's, it's fun for me to, to take a character like Frank and, and play with him, uh, the push pull of, of him starting to care about people and doing everything he can to push them away. And, and how ultimately I think it's, it really is the human condition that you're going to fail at that. Given that, is there a plan for a second season? Oh, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're, like I said, you know, Marvel might have a, there, there might even be a new good dude playing Punisher for all I know. I'm, I'm the last one to know. Man. I'm the last one to know. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I mean, we do know that there's going to be more Marvel shows kind of coming out of this universe is, is, do you know whether Frank is going to be weaving in and out of? Same, same kind of else? same kind of yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really don't, I really don't know anything about that, you know. And and um, and look, you know, I, I um, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I love, I love playing Frank, and uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm honored and I'm grateful for the opportunity. But I am also quite grateful that it's only takes about half the year. So I, I, I get to do film and I get to do uh, do many other things. And, and uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And uh, um, so whatever the whatever sort of the plan is, you know, I'll, I'll, I, as I've said before, you know, if if uh, if they want more Frank, you know, he's he's in my my my, my heart and in my bones and I'm, I'm standing at attention and I'm ready. But um, I'm I'm. I'm 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 happy for you know kind of what we've done, and I'm 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 eager to keep doing other things as well. You said at the beginning that you weren't looking to do a, a superhero mm -hmm. show, something like this. Um, now that you've done it, mm -hmm. how has it affected your career, and what has it changed? Huh, interesting. I mean, you know, look, it's not my first delve into the comic book world from 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 Walking Dead, and 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 I think you know it's just the the reality of the the, the industry now. You know, these things are are just they're far reaching. You know, and and um, you know, in between Walking Dead and and playing Frank, you know, I I had four or five years there where I was just doing films, and 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 I loved that. I I I absolutely loved it, and I felt that. You know, um, I was getting to do, you know, work with unbelievable directors and, and it's always been my goal and a, and a belief in mine. You know, I studied acting in Russia and it's, it's, they coined the phrase, you know, there's no such thing as small actor, no such thing as small parts, just small actors. And to really go after projects just based on script, director, and character and, and not worry about the size of it, not worry about any of the other bullshit that people worry about. And, uh, I'm, 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 I'm very, I've, I've, I've felt very, um, lucky that I have a team around me that has sort of supported me on that. Um, so I think that, you know, the way that it's helped is it's, it's some of the work that's sort of coming my way. Um, the work that's been coming my way since then, you, you know, since more people kind of know about the Punisher, it's, it's, it's that, that whole kind of like mar marketability thing that, that, that plays into it. Strangely enough, I, I really love many times, I, I, I really go after sort of the smaller part that, and, and I think the concern is you don't want to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get in the way of that. You know, I, I, I always want to make my decisions based on who I'm going to be working with and what's the material, not uh, anything else. I know you've also got a film coming out, Sweet Virginia. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about it? Oh wow, Sweet Virginia! That movie's my heart. Um, you know, I, 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 um, 
It's this beautiful, uh, beautiful film. Uh, you, you know, I think it, it, it's about a town, a uh, small town in Alaska where a lot of people I think are living kind of dormant. It's a place where people kind of have gone to kind of hide and it's, it's, it's quite sleepy. And then this, um, unbelievably violent man comes to town and starts committing these heinous acts. And I think, uh, I think the, 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 the I think the theme of the movie kind of lies and sometimes it takes an act of violence to shake things up and to get people to start living again and appreciate their lives again. And, and, uh, you know this this character is played by Christopher Abbott, who uh, I, I just think is 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 one of the most fascinating actors I've ever gotten to work with. You know they've they've said his performance is is like Javier Bardem's in No Country, and 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 I agree with it. You know he plays this character with no bluster, no bravado. Um, he's he's unbelievably uh, frightening without being loud. You know, and it's a, it's a tough thing to pull off and a beautiful thing to play upon. And I you know I got the opportunity to play a part. You know, I normally play that part, you know, and it was really cool to um, play something quite different. You know, the 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 part that I play, the, the, this this man Sam, who's gone up there to to run a run a hotel, just a small little motel up there in Alaska. You know, it was the role was written for a man in his sixties, and they were looking at actors in their sixties, and it was with a company that I'd worked with before, and an unbelievable director named Jamie Dag, and. Um, you know, when they came to me again, it was that fear thing. I said, "Guys, like, I'm definitely not the right guy for this." You know, I, I I'm way too young and and uh, you know, uh, able bodied. You know, <laughs> but they they really let me. Um, so it scared me, and that's what sort of drew me towards it. Uh, let alone how much I love Jamie's previous film and how much I love the script. But um, you know, they really let me be creative, and Jamie and I came up with these ways to sort of achieve the fragility uh, of someone in their 60s and put it into my body. So he has early onset Parkinson's and he there's, there's just a sort of variety of, 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 of things to do. There's a scene in the movie in which I'm supposed to beat somebody up and we said, hey, how cool would it be if, if he got beaten up? You know what I mean? And we just sort of changed it around. And uh, it was just an unbelievable opportunity. And uh, I think the movie came out beautifully. And it's one of those movies that are really rare right now. It just shows really, really taught filmmaking. And Jamie is able to achieve so much, so much tension with uh again no bluster no bravado you know just just with a little bit of score and staying on someone's eyes you know it's unbelievable what he's able to achieve and he's a true you know i think he's he he's a very very special filmmaker i think it's a really really special film and again i think chris's <clears throat> i think chris's performance is uh really going to be something that that people uh will never forget <clears throat> It's wonderful that you're able to move back and forth between film and TV. Do you prefer one over the other, or does you like doing both? No, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I started in the theater, and I always sort of, uh, being a naive little shit, I always <laughs> sort of turned my nose up at people who act in front of the camera. And and uh, I, if you had talked to the <clears throat> the the 21 year old John Bernthal, I would have said there's no way that I'd be doing this. I would never be one of those sellouts, you know. Um, <laughs> But I've fallen in love with it. I, I, I as theater is is a real athletic endeavor, and and I've always said that's where you know that's where the big boys play. There's no place to hide. Like, you know, you're right there. You know, it's 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 athletic. Uh, you know, I found something so unbelievably strategic, so all encompassing, so um, fine tuned about acting in front of the camera. And and for me, you know, all I want is to keep growing. And, 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 and stay on a journey and, and, and you, you learn so much from project to project. And you know what I love about TV is when there is a real fluid 
collaboration between writer and actor and and when the writers are sort of getting episodes and watching what you're doing and saying hey i saw what you were doing right there and uh, were you doing this because i'm going to start writing in this way and whether it's right or not it's it's just fluid and it's alive and i think that's when tv can really be its best and i think that that relationship is really why we were in such a renaissance of it and and um you know, with film again, I think it's 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 about really being you, you, you know mastering sort of the strategy of being an actor of of letting out certain things, really really tailoring a performance, looking at the script and placing buoys along the way of of of, of, of places you need to f- hit, and 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 then you know the, the the journey is trying to get better and better and better and 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 make it easier and easier on yourself to sort of be alive and 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 fluid moment to moment. And the greatest thing is is that you can never get there. You know, you can never get there. You can, there's always so much to learn and, 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 and you've got so far to go no matter where you are. And uh, I love that the journey uh, will never end. You know, I, I love that. Well, that's perfect. Thank you so much. It's been great speaking with you. Thanks. Thanks. Pleasure, guys. Thanks. Right on. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with Neil deGrasse Tyson about his series, Star Talk. See you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.